0: Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. Ahead of uh, the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival, we have three fantastic filmmakers here whose work is going to be screening in the Shorts program. Thanks, Minion. It's thanks. great thanks for to be here.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: So we have three very different films and I was hoping if we could start with you Siri, if we go around and introduce ourselves and our film. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, thanks, Minion. I'm Suri Grinnell.
2: I have a film called Wrath in um, Dublin International Film Festival. It's a short kind of I describe it as a feminist horror, but it's it's pretty heavily a uh, drama as well. Um, and it's just about an epidemic that's sweeping through Ireland and it only affects women and it has all of the signifiers of rage.
3: Yes,
0: <laughs> very, very emotionally true on a lot of levels. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a, a fantastic short. Okay. I was I had kind of said it nods to The Handmaid's Tale in mm. some ways, mm-hmm. then with the with the, with the zombie twist. And, yeah, in a lot of ways, but it's stunning as well, and ah, and really it. works as a as a short piece. Um, and Tristan.
1: My name is Tristan knew. I wrote and directed a film called Cunis uh, and it follows a couple as they embark on a journey in the midst of a family crisis.
0: Excellent. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. Really, really yeah, it's gorgeous. Ooh. It's gorgeous. It's hard to get all the, the subtext into a synopsis and your film has yeah, so much of that hard. beautiful, hard. Uh, yeah. layered, emotional lines that are drawn that really work.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely.
3: And hizzled. Hi, I'm Missel Taylor, and I directed a short film called A Short Doc called The Grass Ceiling. It looks at three Irish sportswomen and kind of explores how, when you get really in touch with your body through sport, you kind of get in touch with being able to be competitive and aggressive and lots of things that aren't available
0: to women in everyday life. It's so. It's actually striking when, like, A, they're f- just fantastic characters. You've you've really caught them so well, even though it's such a short piece. But you really, watching this, it's so striking how, as women, we're conditioned not to be certain ways. And yeah. you've really kind of captured that yeah, so well. So.
3: It's based on an essay by Ima Ryan, who's a brilliant uh, fiction writer and a journalist. And she's a comogi player, and she's the featured camogie player in the short. And so I read her essay and just thought, ah, oh, that's... And brilliant. And uh, Cole called her by email and then asked her, could I develop the, her essay into, the, into a doc script?
0: First, I was just going to um, ask a little bit about the backgrounds. What's very interesting about E three is you come from completely different, separate areas in film. So editing, performance and uh, production. Yeah, well, I actually work in
2: production in, in TV mostly, um, yeah. but, uh, but but yeah, so my, my passion would be writing and directing, though. So um, I've been on a, a fourth sabbatical for a couple of months now. <laughs> uh, no, just um, dry January, dry work January, so I've been just writing and that kind of thing as well. but uh, but yeah, TV mostly casting for reality TV.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. (laughs) I see you meet a lot of characters there that can definitely influence your (laughs) your writing. Can you tell me a little bit, and I'm going to ask everybody, I'm Mm going to go around and do this as well. Um, Can you just tell me a little bit about, does it influence you as a writer and uh, director having that background and having that knowledge? Mm. Um I don't know really to be
2: honest at the moment in my life like I so I work in casting as I said so I do I speak to like so many people all day every day um with all kinds of different stories and the whole point of my job really is to mine stories um but uh so far for me with my writing and stuff it's been very much about my own personal experience um um and maybe at some point I will you know, start to kind of look at some of the characters and people that I've met, and I'm sure they do seep in, and their voices are in there somewhere. But um, but for the moment, that's yeah, it's pretty pretty personal. You're still yeah. storytelling,
3: though, aren't you? Like, yeah. even if you're casting, and even if it's for TV, I work in TV a lot mm. as well, mostly, nearly always, and um, and I think it, even at casting stage, you're still your ambition is to be telling a story so
2: it's very it is one of the more creative parts of production that you can do actually because you can sort of almost not impose a story but but you do have to kind of pull a story from something yeah, and then sell it the beginning of team. the craft 100%. yeah yeah so it's it's fun it's it's I, I love the job to be honest but um so yeah i suppose yes yeah, storytelling definitely um but i haven't directly pulled anybody's story so don't worry everybody <laughs> uh,
0: every every writer steals <laughs> like if you know a writer they've used yeah. you in some way shape or form if you've any bit of quirks or personality i think that's yeah. fair enough True. it's part and parcel um you were saying as well that uh OK, so one of the things that you do is the the sales element. Like that actually is really important when getting funding mm-hmm. and, and applying for funding and kind of pitching then for festivals. Yeah. Is there any
2: kind of advice that you'd have there for people? Oh God, I don't know. Like I have once gotten funding. So. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good funding. Yeah. It was good a lot one. of yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me anyway, like say if I'm pitching in my normal job, um, I suppose I'm just... I suppose like being passionate about the subject is always really really important. Um, so being passionate about the person or whose story I'm trying to tell through casting, or being passionate about my own story, is really important. And then just being really well rehearsed and knowing exactly what you want to say and making sure you get to say it. That would be my sort of experience of pitching anyway. Which sure. is minimal.
0: Thank you so much. And well, <laughs> Tristan, so yourself about uh, your project, and how your other elements does it
1: influence it. The acting and your it, background there, yeah, because uh, you have an
0: amazing CV. You've worked on a lot of,
1: yeah. I like I. I was acting. I started acting uh, in 2010 when I was 30. I was relatively late to to mm-hmm. filmmaking, um, and yeah, I acted for about three four years, and then I started writing. Just out of, I, I didn't work for about a year and I was unemployed, and uh, just I started writing. Just I just. Yeah, I'd stopped drinking at the time as well. And I was kinda needed something to, to kind of fill the gap. And I started writing. And I just wrote a script, wrote a couple of scripts, and one of them I, I made um called In This Place about five or six years ago. And and I and then I found more going into directing. I wrote a script that I didn't see myself in, and I started directing. I definitely found the the background my background as an actor really kinda helped me with actors, kinda directing actors and knowing how to speak to them and stuff like that. Um, But all my stories as well would pretty much be kind of personal enough, kind of, are drawn from loosely kind of personal experiences or other people's yeah. <laughs> as well, you know.
3: Was your acting, screen acting or stage acting? Or screen acting, yeah. And then all your writing is screen, screen writing, yeah, is it? Yeah.
1: yeah, I've written a couple of plays, but for like my local uh, st- people at home in my local area in Connemara, asked me to write something for the 50th anniversary of my school and they sent me an email. They were like, could you write a short, uh, a short play? And then it had in brackets afterwards in capital letters, a comedy. (laughs) Because all my my stuff is, you know, they're dramas, you know, they were like, don't want. And it was like they specified a comedy, which was cool to write something like just absolutely ridiculous, which it was. (laughs) But yeah, that's the only stage writing experience I have. Yeah.
0: You've done very, very well with the festival runs. I'm friends with you on Facebook, I think, and it's like this award, this award, this award. I'm delighted, uh, and you're up for the discovery now with Diff yeah.
1: um, with Diff. Yeah, well, uh, for Cunis. Yeah, no, it was it was it was great. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It's been I mean, really And really
0: won in Cork, right?
1: Won Cork. Yeah, yeah. so Yeah, so it's been a, a real and
0: well deserved. Yeah. Like yeah, definitely. It's
1: been yeah, we we really kind of. You know, when we made it, we had we had you know it was limited. We had limited budget, but five grand to make it, and we kind of just like it, w- it was tight, and we shot it in two days. And the like everyone kind of came and did it for like you know Nari, and everyone kind of came and they they really believed in the project and the actors. We knew leave, and I knew after shooting, I knew we had something because of the actors and and the the people we had working on it. And then it was a matter of like not messing it up in the edit, you know. And Your the directing
2: is so yeah. strong in it though; like, you could it comes across so.
1: And it was like so, you know, We it was so rushed, you know, everything was so rushed. Everything, yeah, everything. was so like.
3: But it's such a slow film. Yeah, so yeah.
2: You know, yeah. And uh, it
1: was like the panic and the and the rush and the time we were we were under was, you know. So, yeah, we're really, really delighted with how it's how it's been received. Because you, you, you never, you
3: never knew. Your, it. Was it a scale
1: cassette? No. Nobody okay. spoke Irish on set. Not one person. Are you a Galgorm? No. <laughs> so, no. Um, so we had, yeah, no. So
3: you're from so Cullimore. Did you, get, your did you film's that Irish And you don't. Huh? You're not
1: a <laughs> Yeah. See, I don't come from a Gal to area. Okay. And um, so I did it in school, the same as probably. Yeah. You guys, but uh, yeah, um, no, so I didn't speak.
3: You can count to 11 in Irish, that's it. 10.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had to get the actors learned the Irish for the film. Gary Lydon learned it, Ali. Hazel was surprisingly almost fluent, which was when I rang her mum. And she was like, oh, she's fluent, she's got the Irish college. So um, she was kind of helping the others. And, and I got audio tracks for them from a friend of mine who was a Gail Gore for them to listen to. But yeah, Gary learned pretty much all the the Irish. And it comes out
2: so naturally from him, actually. I thought he was probably a girl girl when I was watching Yeah,
1: no, yeah, they were, the three of them were kind of, Hazel was the the more, had the most Irish from Mm. from them all.
0: And she's just amazing. And very good timing to get her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: And like I'd seen Float Like a Butterfly. I think we, know, before that, it was before that, I'd seen her in Michael Inside at the flat two years ago in 2017. And she's got one scene in it or something. And I, I can't even remember who I was sitting beside, but I was like, Jesus Christ. She was just, the emotion of her was just... You know pinned you to the seat and she's in one scene and it was just i thought she was just some actress or kid that she had street cast i didn't know and then i saw her popping up in the promo material for for float like a butterfly and uh, i kind of looked up her stuff and she, she was the only kind of one i i had in my mind when we went to cast it because you kind of knew it needed it needed that performance that's what it needed it needed that level of emotion and you I kind of knew if I got her that it would be no problem, and it, it wasn't. She was just. She's like scary talented. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. Dad, there, hug to be at the bell. Oh, hug. Vague me or imagine was no, she alright?
0: Atashi Tower. Joel Kyler here. Tan Mark Lyons in Hospital and Shin Oh. For she kick by countless the couple couple, cool, low him. Flesk, she on flat in clown air. Was she calculate? I bet she tower. Never shake my kicks a grand national effect. Pisa. And did you do you find like your experience as an actor? Can that help? Because again, like the, the performances of the, the actors on that film is amazing. Like, I had a good going like five minutes of leaky eye when I was watching that at the flat. <laughs> like, uh, so did you, do you find, was it hard to elicit those performances or do you use tricks? Not, or Not
1: at all. Yeah. We didn't rehearse. We, we, we got to the house the night before and we just had them read it three or four times together. They just met up and they read it by the fire a couple of times and that was it. We didn't rehearse. And then the next day, I didn't even have to, you know, I briefly spoke to, to Hazel briefly, but she just, um take. Ta- we did three takes in a row and she did that every time Wow! and then the third time it was the one and she came up and she asked for another take she was like I can do it better I was like gave her another one and she did the exact same thing again and like everyone in the room was just looking at her going oh my god that you know she's uh, actually she, she's, she's really incredible wow. you know very little direction they needed any uh, of them
0: and um Would you find, like, in general, as a general rule, does your background and performance change the way that you direct or is there, like, maybe things you would do or wouldn't do?
1: I'm always very aware of the actors, always very aware of, like, keeping them away from, like, too much technical talk and just keeping them away from that and always kind of just very much always paint, keeping the picture painted in their head of where they've just come from, what's happened, you know, if we're shooting out of, out of sequence and stuff and just always kind of, because I used to look like that, you know, and the director would come up for a take and say, you just come from here. This has just happened. You've kind of just remember, you know, and they just tune you into everything. So I try to do that. But besides that, I think, you know, the actors I've worked with, luckily enough, haven't needed much direction at all. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of conversations beforehand, like weeks before phone conversations with them, so kind of when we hit the set, there's not really much to, they know everything and it's just kind of, you know, the mechanics of it.
0: Perfect. That's great. And this is it just, what's your own... Um, so my background yeah. is as
3: an editor, um, for, I've been editing tele programs for almost two decades I've been editing and I never had the kind of like, oh, I'm a frustrated director stuck in an edit suite or anything, but, um had felt that if there was a story that really I wanted to tell that I cared enough about that I'd give it a lash. So I had wanted to tell a story about the confines of actually it was interesting because when I started thinking about the subject of women in sport and trying to make some trying to do something cinematic with that rather than television. Um I had originally been thinking how women in sport that there's no audience and or there isn't enough audience, and uh, and it kind of evolved. We, we tried to get sc- funding from Screen Ireland, um, on the previous round, and we got shortlisted um, and didn't make it. And then on the second round, Emma Scott and the gang were generous enough to give us the funding. And um, myself and Frankie Fenton, the producer with Kennedy Films, we realized that the on, on our, our round two that the story I was trying to tell had kind of evolved a bit. It wasn't really so much about, oh, nobody's watching. It was, I mean, it was, that was never the, the kind of arc of it, but that was, there was like a background, the backdrop to it. And that had shifted, which was really nice. So it's much more of a celebration. So anyway, I wanted to, to explore what doing, what happened to women when they played sport and particularly team sport. And so, Uh, Your question is, uh, I've just gone off on a tangent there, but yeah, in terms of uh, how does editing affect directing and writing, because the, even though it's doc, it was, it very much came from a a doc treatment that I wrote as an adaptation sort of, of of Emer's essay. So I think the editing, I do a little bit of writing anyway, and, and then the editing just gives you really clear idea of structure and pace and tone the whole time.
0: It's such Sorry. a story based medium that yeah. that like mm-hmm. definitely like it's very interesting. They're all very creative um, aspects of the process and mm. in very different ways. And I think editing is just as creative and in a lot of ways. You are finding the story or yeah, I do a lot of documentary
3: it. editing. So so yeah, you really are you're you're finding your story in there. Yeah, it was dead hand handy on set. Because, you know, there's shot lists that we're just never going to get through. Mm-hmm. And you've got crew who are brilliant crew who are working their asses off for so little money. And it was good to try and not have them go over the time and just be like, well, I'm not going to use that in the editor. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm calling my own shot you know list. So yeah, to get you yeah, from here to there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. once you see how things are working out, you can see straight away whether it's going to, whether... I'm going to end up using it in the editor
2: or not. Such a valuable skill, I think, yeah. to have for directing, editing, like a knowledge of the editors. Because you
1: just know if you're stuck, you can be like, right, because
3: like
2: you just cut to that <laughs> yeah. and we can just, <laughs> it yeah, I'd be you. like, oh. No, I know. I yeah. It's hard I to visualize sometimes. Yeah. 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 Can I just ask a question? Is it about oh, your casting? Just, so, yeah. so, you said that you got to so the girl, the Komogi player, Emma is the writer. Ryan. So she wrote the
3: she wrote piece. the essay. Yeah, she the
1: one, with the, the lady with the darker, the lady.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's she's that, the so the
1: main uh, one, kind of like It leaves at the end in the card. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So uh, she and and in her essay, she start she talks about being a child growing up. So. The film begins in a kind of a drama setup yeah, yeah, where you see a child. And so that child is representing himer as a yeah. child. And so with the other two women that you filmed with, how did you cast them? How did you find? I wanted to get a rugby player and a friend of mine who's also an editor Roshi O'Donnell. I talked to her a good bit about the kind of character that I wanted, you know, because and it actually was handy because I'd written this treatment, which is a kind of a bizarre thing to do for a doc but the film board insists on it, so or Screen Ireland. So I had kind of dummied out what I wanted them to say or the kind mm-hmm. of things I'd want to talk about. So that really helped me focus on who I really wanted to cast. Um, so uh, when we went in for the second year to try and get the, the money, we went in with the full cast. So uh, at that point, Rosie O'Donnell, who plays rugby for Old Belvedere Women, had said, Talk to me about some of her teammates. And she had said that there's this woman called Elisa Byrne-White who she thought would be a really good fit. She speaks so well and it's like she's she seems brilliant. like an actor almost. She's Just star, like, How yeah. is she so eloquent? Yeah.
2: Like she's brilliant. It was
3: a gorgeous thing to witness when it, so it screened in Cork for the first time. And Elise was there and she had said to me, like when we, when I interviewed her on the day and I tried to keep it really casual. I didn't want to do sit down kind of formal interviews or eye directs or anything. I wanted it to feel in the moment so we didn't do we had a phone conversation you know we've had lots of chats but but she didn't we didn't go like okay this is exactly what we're going to cover and it was just a really brilliant conversation but afterwards she's like oh i don't even know why you're talking to me like i have nothing <laughs> to say <laughs> i was there you should be in a fucking commercial like you're brilliant They're always and the then best. we we showed it in cork and afterwards we were in the bar and. All these people were walking by and then they'd stop and they'd do this turn like this kind of double head turn. They'd come back to her and they'd say, Oh, you're the girl. Um, you're the you're the rugby player. Oh my god, you're so inspirational. And you could just feel her confidence growing, you know, because she was sort of saying at the time, Oh, it's just because of the questions you were asking me, and you know, you pulled all out of me. And I was like, I didn't, that's all in you. So uh, I think she began to believe that, which is the truth. Team sport does something to a girl. You get to think about your body in terms of what it can do, rather than how it looks. You become more engine than ornament. This is what freedom can feel like. Yeah, she's great. And then Rihanna Jarrett is this uh, Irish soccer star who plays for Wexford Youths. And I had just read, I just had done lots of Googling about different women in Irish soccer. And she had a really interesting story, I thought. And she's really skilled and when I contacted her she was interested and thankfully her um, her manager was up for it too because that's, I mean it's kind of a lot of commitment even though it's only a day's filming it's a lot of commitment for them to... Yeah. To kind of let you in and have that access because they have to give you the whole team and uh, it's a bit of a distraction for them. But, um, and you, yeah, it's great.
0: Might not know how it will turn out in the end. Where... Yeah, oh, I was like, so they were like,
3: how is this taking so long?
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> they never understand. Yeah. like
3: what? Yeah, no amount of, um, Aldi pretend lion bars are going to um, make them <laughs> want to stay for eight hours. Uh, but, um, yeah, Rihanna was brilliant and uh, she's since been signed for Brighton. Um, like in the last two weeks. So so. The way you
2: interviewed her was so beautiful as well like where she's actually in the middle of mm. doing her little keepy-uppy like and probably for her as well, that type of character who potentially, sorry if I'm she's like a, a doer, or whatever, yeah, she's a, but she's yeah, a doer. who says yeah. that she's shy maybe and that wouldn't be probably her favourite way to communicate through being interviewed, but yeah, exactly. with something to do, like, and it, it works so well. Yeah, in the, yeah in the film. I was
0: really happy with that actually. Yes. It's, it's really, really kept cool. kept that physicality going mm. and it really, it, it really adds so much energy to, to actually watching it. It's not just mm. talking heads, it's, you know, people in yeah. action doing exactly what they're talking yeah. about in a powerful way so it's oh, lovely really nice to, to watch you got
3: that. yeah we didn't want it to just still you know when they were particularly with rihanna when she came on i wanted it to sort of still have some propulsion so her kind of doing keep you up ease yeah. or or being when she was sitting down kind of playing around with the ball yeah, or, yeah and it did it made
0: her more comfortable
3: yeah. So. even the
2: skill of being able to talk when you're doing keep you up. He's like, oh, she's I she's yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
3: yeah.
2: like She's obviously brilliant.
0: Too. Some yeah. of the, um, the the again the kind of like the the interactions are are so physical and intense. Yeah. Like yeah. you're you're. I was watching it, kind of flinching when you're doing it. It does get the the point across. Like these women are strong. They're mm. you know they're able to hold themselves. They can be injured and kind of pick themselves back up and keep going. Which yeah. Is really nice to watch.
3: Yeah, I play um, uh, soccer on a Tuesday night with loads of other old people. <laughs> and uh, you're not old if you're listening, but, but uh, no, some other some other women who aren't in their twenties <laughs> or thirties. And it's um, uh, just like five aside. It's totally amateur, Astro. but Astro, yeah, it's amazing, it's brilliant, I and mean, it's, years, it's like it. a life force. So, but yeah. and I knew th- th- that was kind of spurring me on that I'd done. I loaded that and I'd done uh, indoor climbing and it just, so I knew myself what it felt like, even though on a completely different level, but just the kind of fizz you get from sort of, in, you know, being in charge of yourself like that in a physical way. Cool.
0: So I just want to ask a little bit, and um, you have touched on it there uh, a bit about the essay, but where in general do you guys get your ideas from when it comes to finding projects and, like, what's the development process like? Yeah, I'm dying to know where Wrath yeah. came from. <laughs> it's so brilliant. It's a
3: true story from my life.
0: <laughs>
3: I'm full of uh, rage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um like really hard to come up with ideas. No. Um Wrath, uh, I it's funny because everything else I had made up to making Wrath, which wasn't a lot to be honest, like it's kind of college stuff or you know, no budget things, but um they were always through the medium of comedy. Like I just thought like that was for me at the time, it was like the way that I felt worked best for me to kind of address topics, often fem- with a feminist bent. Like I've always kind of been interested in, in feminism. But um, then basically f- with Wrath particularly, the hu- it was like the Me Too movement all kind of started happening in, was it like 2017, 2016, 2017? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like... I don't know, it just was like, I was just angry, like, and I was really upset and annoyed and I knew that Dad had always been there or whatever. And then, um, yeah, it was kind of through a bit of, I wanted to address things about rage and feminism and...
1: Control. Just things that I hadn't.
2: Yeah, things that I hadn't. And like girlhood and womanhood and loss of autonomy, bodily autonomy and all kinds of stuff like that. But that that's kind of when I kind of went, oh, like comedy isn't the right way for me to deal with this particular thing because I'm not laughing right now. <laughs> um, So. So, yeah, I suppose. And then it all sort of came together. Like it actually felt really like, oh, this is kind of more true to me for me at the moment, um, more true of a kind of style and uh, tone of thing to be to be making.
1: My
0: mother once told me the story of Bife.
3: The mythical goddess of war and fury. A bringer of death and chaos.
1: She flew over battlefields shrieking and rousing a bloodlust in her army and instilling mortal fear in her enemies.
2: For me, with Wrath anyway, it it kind of came from um, stopping thinking that things were funny anymore and just being really angry (laughs) and and wanting to make something like that.
3: But you have did it in such a lovely way, like it's so elegant, you know, there's not it doesn't feel like anybody's preaching at you. So what you've done, that's the best kind of filmmaking where or, or certainly a really interesting kind of filmmaking where you've got, you know, the, you, you can feel the force of all the things that are in real life that are driving you to write it and to direct it, but none of them are, are so clear. So, yeah. that, so it's a kind of your audience is then active. Because we're having to figure out what you're trying to say. Because cool, You can
1: feel you. the anger in it, but it's not like hitting you over the head. It's still subtly kind of yeah. layered underneath yeah, it, like in a way that it yeah. still makes you think. You have to think about it. It's not like, oh, this is about this. But yeah. you can feel the the anger in it, you know. Yeah, it's very it's cool. much in
0: that language of nicely paced, yeah, short films, simple story, not mm. over complicated, not it's too much. It's really going hard on. to yeah. make short
3: drama. So yeah, both yeah. should be it really proud hard. of yourselves. It's really it's really hard to tell a story that feels like it was worth telling. Like sometimes you watch a short film and it's like beautifully made or like, oh yeah, that was quite interesting. But for it to be, to get to the end and be like, okay, that was definitely worth.
1: The hard, the endings are always the hardest. Yeah. To just like, you know.
2: Funnily enough, actually, sorry, the the ending of Wrath, it was kind of in, in contention for, with the film board, with Screen Ireland when I went in. Um, One of the main things was in the original script, you, you, you do see her face. Um, at the end um it doesn't I don't really mind about spoilers if nobody else does um, <laughs> but like she has a blood spattered face at the end basically um and uh one of the people who was on the panel was like no, don't do that it's too much like and they didn't I think they probably weren't sure about funding me that particular person um funding us because because the script ends in this like this is actually what happened. Her face is splattered in blood. Um, so they asked us to shoot it in two different ways as well, so that one it would end with something else that was a little less kind of obvious, um, and one it would end and in the second one that it would be um where you would see that that the little girl has had something to do with the violence that's happened, um, but
3: and in the end, did you have to show? two versions from your edit?
2: No, we didn't actually. Emma, Emma Scott was just the whole way along. She was the main person that we were in contact with and she was just so supportive the whole way along. And And she's really supportive. I love her. And like while we were doing it the whole time, she would have questions and they were all very valid. And lots of times we uh, changed things because of things that she had suggested or questions that she had. But she would always say like, but whatever it is, you know, it's your film. So whatever you think, or it's as it's as long as it needs to be or you know she she was very supportive um, so they didn't make us show them two options no. that's great because
0: yeah. yeah. I think sometimes as well and it, it, it doesn't say anything about the person but not everyone resonates with every idea or every script mm. And I think it's, you're probably in a different, difficult position if you are the funder, if you're like, oh, this isn't just working for me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. try
0: and fix it. But like, it's just that it doesn't work for that person, but yeah. it might work. It's just a different, like everyone has kind of different ways that they perceive yeah, totally. and see things and like things. Yeah. It was good so, to yeah. think
2: about it being an option as well. Um, but it just felt right in the end to, to end it like that.
0: Oh no, that's really kind of powerful. And it, it It does give that, I'm afraid of doing the spoilers, but you know, it does kind of hammer home that thing where like we're just angry, we're sick of things the way they are.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it actually would have been like a lot more boring if that didn't happen at the end. You'd be like, well, what actually happened? Yeah, Yeah, the point of this film. (laughs)
0: Because some of the things are quite abstract and they're quite hinting towards it at the beginning and Mm. then at the end... um, yeah, you would be like, what actually happened? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> An glad, experimental piece. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad like, they didn't
2: say yeah. all the, all the way along like you can't do that shot and we never got it or something. That would have been a disaster. But
1: yeah, like for Cunus, Cunus came about 2015. Uh, it's been around that long the idea i went I was visiting a friend in a psychiatric hospital and it's not funny I don't know why i laughed at that <laughs> and, so uh, Irish just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, deal with it. i was waiting in a in a little room like a like a cafeteria area and there was a, a mother and a father they went i'd say they were in their like 40s 50s kind of 50s I'd say and uh their son came out and and it was like the awkward interaction between them the father like Kept asking, did he want a cup of tea? And then he got out there and it was the mother who kind of sat there and made small talk. And I only saw it for like a minute or two. And it, and it was just a paragraph I wrote and I stuck it away and I, I never went back to it. But it was kind of always like, oh, maybe I'll do something with that idea. And then it was the fishing uh, competition was like two years later or something. And you had to submit a paragraph of an idea. So it was like the easiest <laughs> thing I didn't have to write a script. It was like, oh, a paragraph, maybe that. And I sent that and a couple of ideas in and that was the one they picked. And it then got developed. Uh, Jerry Stembridge, We did a weekend with Jerry Stembridge and kind of developed it from there. And it won the, you know, the shortlisted and then you have to pitch and it won the the, the pitch thing. So but from there, then once I get the actors on, I like to talk to them a lot about the characters and kind of like as I'm writing, just to get ideas and kind of send it on to them and get their thoughts. Sometimes I did. I did on that one. Um, and I just kind of keep keep going over, it, keep kind of rewriting it and uh, to a certain point until you have to shoot it, you know, <laughs> but it's pretty much. Yeah, I rarely feel like it's ever done for me. Um, and I'm always very sometimes unsure you know, if you're doing it right or if it's, if it's done, you know, up until it, but all, all the, all the stories I've done have all kind of came from something like that, reading an article, um, about something or something, just a little thing. And it's usually if they hang about for long enough, or they're there kind of, uh, you know, but it, it's fun. Like, I don't know if I would have made QNAS or written a script for it, but it just happened that, you know, you had to send a paragraph into this, uh, to Fishine, and it was, it was perfect at the time. Uh, cause I don't know if I would have, like written the script are, are, you know, gone, gone with that topic. Um, the brain
0: holds on to the things and keeps reminding you. It's like, that was interesting and that resonated with me. It was just that me. total,
1: yeah. uh, there was something in the, in the, in the, their inability to, to speak about what was obviously going on, you know, and, uh, and that kind of them older characters, the, the, the kind of older characters, like, you know, my, my dad would be very similar and then Gary's character would be a lot kind of based on that Just that inability to communicate past the surface level, past football or, mm. you know, things like this. You can't go really any deeper than that, you know. It's
0: the generational divide and it's as yeah. Irish people, you're taught, oh, just shut up and get over it, you know, like it's yeah. hard to tackle those big issues. So I think that's why it rings so true. And I think as a nation as well, we're not the only people who've... Who kind of have those repressions on us from the past? So it's yeah. probably it's travelled quite well as well, has it? It has, yeah.
1: yeah. It's 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 played at some great festivals, you know, and we've been been away with it. It's yeah, it, it has. It's travelled really well. Um, so yeah, it's 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 um, yeah. That was that was that was where it came from, and it's and and I think people, a lot of people saw people they knew in it or something, and and that and and it's about the, the way that they sometimes you worry that people I think don't care about you or something when you're younger or something because they can't say it but it's kind of about there's different ways that they they just don't have the tools to say the things that they'd want to Mm. you know so they have to do it in different ways and it can be it can be you know uh, yeah that was kind of the the whole crux of the story trying to get that across other languages yeah Mm. yeah
3: Nonverbal, yeah I have a question for yeah. these guys. Yeah. So did either of your, so I've in a few shorts that I've edited for other people, the script would have changed once we got into the edit. So I would have fucked around with it and, and with the directors. And did your guys films end up being as per script?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much
2: mine was like pretty much but I love the editing process actually because it's so weird such a weird alchemy yeah it's perfect I mean your
3: film is is like a is a it must have been great fun to cut because it's not linear so true
2: but I suppose that part it did still hold most of the structure that was in the script uh, as regards to the kind of timeline Um, but I don't know. Like, I mean, it's it, they are almost more subtle things like, but, you know, when you're like sitting in an editing room and you've been there with the editor for ages and you think we've really got it now. And then you bring someone else in and they're like, and they don't even say anything. And you're like, oh, God, what are we doing? This film is terrible. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but you notice all the like weird clunky bits yeah, when somebody else someone is it. You put someone else's eyes. It. Yeah. You'd um, say nothing. Yeah, it's true. But... But we definitely we refined it a lot. We took out a lot of the a lot of the fat from the film when we got into the edit, and um, I suppose the editor was really creative with some of the more um, dreamy sequences or whatever. So um, yeah, while it did keep most of the structure, it changed probably not dramatically, but importantly in the edit. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah, yeah, it was
0: cool. Excellent. And your process with coming up with ideas for stuff. So this was the essay that really Mm. stuck with you. Is there anything else when it comes to ideas where you like to find them or do they find you? And how do you deal with them then? How do you process them?
3: Um, That's a work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm finding that I don't keep things unless I really care about them. And maybe unless there's some tension there, but like what you were saying, sorry, that the things that you're trying to process Mm -hmm. get you, you know, you're like, I need a way to express this. Yeah. That's catharsis. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like right now I'm trying to come up with a bunch of ideas for other projects and um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out which stick. What annoys you the yeah, most. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. But like yeah. the things that I'm coming back to are like, or I'm like, no, actually, this is what I would like to. Yeah, there's some tension there, whether I mean, it doesn't have to be something that's rageful, but um, some conundrum that I need to solve in my head, at least.
1: And do you have ideas at the moment? Or, and and how? what would be the next step for you with an idea? Would you write like a one page or would you write an outline or? Or do you just formulate them in your head? And
3: uh, I usually go to my notes in my phone and have a bunch of bad ideas in there. Yeah. <laughs> one of them <laughs> and <laughs> and how detailed would bad. they be, the ideas? Oh, uh, like usually, the, like a, like you're saying about a paragraph, like a paragraph, like a springboard. So I've done some yeah. writing for animation, and um, we that was quite a good process for writing because you have to do a springboard, which is like a paragraph for an episode, and then you've t- developed that into an outline, and then you develop into a script, and it can... Feel quite frustratingly rigid, but it's actually quite a good creative tool. God, you had to have mm. a
1: system because it's like, if only you started trying to write treatments, and, and oh my mm. God, we've written treatments.
0: I love treatments, but they for me. You were the, the only person I've ever met in my whole life. Ever, who ever, I, I actually, ever I said love that, all the ever. nerdy stuff. I
1: really? love because it, it really
2: refines an idea for me. Like I, I know a treatment treatment is quite can be quite sprawling, but like. I think, think all those little things that the film board make you do, that Screen Ireland make you do, I love them. They're yeah, good. I like doing a treatment get, for You know, if you've got well.
1: like an idea and you have to write a treatment, how do you like find all the bits in it? You know, if it's yeah. just an idea and you're like, I, you I have probably, to write a treatment. I don't start. think I've ever
2: gone from idea to treatment. I probably go idea script
1: treatment. Or would you go yeah. idea write the script? Yeah, yeah. Well And would you just sit so, yeah. down and just start writing But this is like
2: shorts now, yeah, so I'm like you might be talking about features or something as well, which is obviously yeah, like No a lot I've never more. written
1: a treatment for a short okay, okay, I've just yeah. written like a draft. I think sometimes if you have a bad draft of a short ten pages, you can look at it and you're like, Okay, well that doesn't work and at yeah, least yeah. you've got something. Yeah. But uh when it's in your head sometimes it's a mess, isn't it? It's just like and if you've got a couple of different ideas, it's yeah. Like pretty torturous. You know, it's trying
0: to get the nuances out in the kind of dry prose oh, is, is hard mm, for the treatment. Mm, like, I mean, y- it's, you if you're doing a feature, one, especially, true. it's just like, no. But in this scene, I want it to be about this. But you're like, really, this person just literally said this. Mm-hmm, but it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just hard. I yeah, think I, I think, haven't done oh, a feature, and uh, so
3: I've heard any um, feature writers. Talk about it. I mean, they all say it's absolutely torturous. So, um, and actually, uh, this ex-pollinator, where are you either of you guys at expolinator? Yeah, yeah? yeah, it was great. And it was awesome. So, like, they were. Uh, a lot of the producers were saying we don't even like them, <laughs> but they're just <laughs> they a kind don't of like a necessary no. evil. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like nobody likes doing them, but I guess they they kind of distill. But they swear yeah, by yeah. them. Writers, a lot just of people sure, you're
1: Just you're the only say,
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> get me to write your treatment. But I <laughs> think no. But I mean, short. I think it's.
3: I think what Suri's saying is that like a treatment for a short is a very different. Yeah. yeah. Process. It's like a
0: pitching document. Yeah. which yeah. is nicer because yeah. yeah. this is the potential the and the fun. Yeah.
3: And then yeah. yeah. the treatment I did for this grass ceiling was, I almost approached it like free writing. You know, I wrote it like a it, re like there's a rhythm in it like creative writing. I didn't set it. out to be
2: a technical Mm, kind of document. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There's some technicality there, but I I just kind of enjoyed and then went, okay, well then I think this is getting across the, like the tone and the heart of the thing. So I'm going to let it stand for, for me and hope it works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And do you ever edit to a treatment? So if you're editing something, would you ever see this is what they wanted to be? And then here's the footage find that mm,
3: no like sometimes i guess if you're you might ask for if there's like a tv series or a tv doctor and you might ask for the treatment so you're trying to get the like a one pager just to say okay well what is it because you're looking at 50 hours of rushes for a yeah. 50 minute documentary and you're like well can
0: someone tell me what
1: this,
3: yeah. is? <laughs> <laughs> this is what what's the commissioner expecting who you know yeah
0: yeah, a comedy, tragedy, family woes. There 18 different <laughs> documentaries in here. So, yeah. which one do you want to tell? Yeah, so in that way. And, and we'll do a quick fire round. What did you guys learn from making these films? I say I'm
3: like a dick, but I learned that I could do it, you know, um, that I was able. And I, I mean, I learned loads more than that, but like that's the kind of thing that I took away from it. And that I, how, how much I loved the collaborative. I mean, I knew I loved working collaboratively, but, you know, I had a brilliant DOP, Eleanor Bowman, and the great people on set, myself and Frankie had pulled together a really lovely crew. And yeah, it was just, it's a really nice when it, when you can feel that kind of, when the mechanics of that feel like they're yeah. like ticking and oiled and everybody's happy and you can feel something happening. And particularly when, on our three sports days where we had massive, massive numbers of people that we were really... Tr- Trying to keep buoyant mm. and um so much going on. Yeah, that was there was a real buzz from from that. Brilliant.
1: Things that I learned. It's kinda of, in a way similar because I'd I'd had brought quite a few people back who who'd worked on my previous film and kinda just kind of found that sweet spot with the crew where everyone was just like there.
0: So perfecting it almost. Yeah from and the just, last
1: one. Yeah, and, and like and I guess learning not to doubt, I think so much. I had like a, you know, a couple of weeks before the shoot, I was like doubting everything. I was like having a meltdown about the the script because it was real. You know, you've seen the film. There wasn't a huge amount in the thing. And I was thinking if I don't get, you know, I started to doubt the idea that it needed more, that it needed, that it was too subtle, that it needed. But then, you know, I don't know, not to worry so much. Maybe I'm, I, I try not to, I'm trying not to worry, have the same worries going into the next one that I had. On on Q-ness because I was really worried about about the whole thing falling flat because so many things had to you know the actors had to bring it to life really you know and you never know if that's you hope that you cast right and that they're gonna do it but just the worry I think the try to trying to enjoy the process more because it was just it's like n- I didn't en- you know I, I can't say I enjoyed it okay. could could did you like enjoy, I did it? enjoy or did it. the nerves kind of just. Once you're in it, yeah, it, I think it's so intense that you don't even have a chance to enjoy it. It's just kind of like you're being spun around a machine. I and had a couple of out. really
3: good pals who talked me into on time into enjoying it. Yeah, good. or just kind of giving my finding space in it, which meant that I enjoyed it. That's great, you know, even though it was it was, it's, yeah. you know, challenging How many days and then mean the it nerves. You, are definitely there but i think the nerves are i mean it's brilliant that you're going into your next one hoping to avoid nerves but nerves you know that's impossible yeah. as well and i, I, I guess it's just... not
1: trying to doubt as much yeah. not have yeah. as much doubt and yeah. trust yeah. your instincts yeah because you know yeah. you get that yeah i'm trying to like not just doubt the idea and doubt mm-hmm. you know everything going into it I'm trying to just be a bit more okay i can do this i've done it you know four yeah. times <laughs> i think
3: one thing that's really important to remember that people were reminding me is that you can go, "Oh, this is an original, someone else is doing this or someone else has done this, or uh, and I think everything you look at you could say that often yeah. so it's just if you just have to remember that if you care about something you'll be you'll be giving your version of it so yeah the yeah. party kept telling me that, and particularly for me because I was doing documentary that i to to remember that its really doesn't like the, I cast three women and I knew that Emer and Elise and Rihanna had something unique to say. So then I had to go I had to turn off that doubting voice and go, They've got something fresh. Nobody's heard them talk before. Yeah, and yeah. and they're gonna be able to make people feel something. And I think that's hard to do in a short, and I feel proud that the grass seeding I think will make people feel something. Yeah. So um and so I just had to kind of trust that that they would totally carry that and I knew they would. So that was yeah, helpful for me. Yeah. Um I
2: um I think probably fairly similar to Tristan although I did really enjoy the process I enjoyed the pre-production I enjoyed the production post actually was probably my hardest um point of the of the whole production process um but um yeah so I, I suppose on set for all my kind of feminist inclinations I can be quite apologetic um and that is something that I'm trying to stop yeah. Um, stop saying sorry and stop kind of doubting myself. Because yeah. um, I kind of don't doubt myself, but I think the language—it's hard to have that language sometimes um, to be well, assertive I think in those that's ways.
0: Exactly what your film yeah, <laughs> you yeah. tackles. Yeah. yeah, no, completely it goes like, right through it. Like we're just out, trained from yay high yeah. to be like. Worried about everyone's feelings. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. yeah and careful. And just in case and you yeah. think that I think
3: that you yeah. think
2: that we think. Yeah, you. Oh, totally. And like, it's actually definitely, I mean, part, it's so ridiculously ironic because like it is part of my whole, um, the whole point of what I'd like to get across in the world, similar to your film, yeah. uh, Azulta, is just like we don't have to be these like pretty little uh, inoffensive flowers that are just there for decoration. Not that it's quite so bad at the moment, but. Um, and that we can be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that we can be kind yeah. of like not so um, perfect, uh, but yet it is hard to sometimes More be passive. that in the world. Like to, yeah. to, to take your own advice. So do you and,
3: think that that becomes? Do you think that um, public apology is almost performative? Um, it or or maybe hard not yes,
2: but also maybe just so hard not to. To do like we're so conditioned yeah. to speak that way, or to mm. also, so that's what I mean. But like, so yeah. you're
3: saying like you kind of back yourself internally, but then yeah. Yeah. when you're faced with a, a other people around you, then the bit you know kind of comes out like, oh, sorry, or yeah, oh, maybe yeah,
0: I maybe, don't or know yeah, I don't know. Let's try it both ways, yeah. even though really you're like, no, mind one yeah. way is the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely, yeah. would have like a good strong heft of self doubt there now too. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I'm sure like performative without knowing. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't mean inauthentic, yeah, but yeah, just that yeah. it's
3: something that happens around yeah. other people that we feel like you need to But me, Tristan might think we're talking out our asses and that that's not um <laughs> you know a exclusive to being yeah, yeah, female. Yeah.
1: No, not at all. I was just thinking about my own self doubt and it's not it's the same as yours. I'd be kind of very confident most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. But it just kinda of comes, I think, before projects you get like Yeah. You just doubt. That it's going to work, or it's yeah. going to—I think you doubt the idea. But I think ultimately, you know, I wouldn't—I wouldn't have a lot of, you know, I think everyone has it at certain times. You yeah, you, you have self-doubt. Yeah, yeah. But uh,
0: is yeah. that our deep-seated Catholic shame as well? <laughs> there really? A little bit yeah, of like, well, who do you think that? you are <laughs> making a <the> film? Yeah. like
1: <laughs> yeah, a
2: bit of uh, imposter syndrome. But actually, I did consciously surround myself with pr- people in the crew, Narian particularly as well, who I knew wouldn't. um, sort of go kind of like take advantage is the wrong word but would sort of support me through that doubt like would kind of still want my vision to come across um, you know so and just kind of give me that space and that kind of thing so so um, I, I kind of knew it would happen um, and just had the right people around me to yeah, it's so important It's so yeah. important
1: to have just supportive people and people who are you know like Narian mm. you could go to him and say I'm like this this shot which is the I, I want this you know and he'd yeah. be like well oh, and he'll just go like well, we could do it like this and you know, he just shows it and you know as soon as you see it then you're like that's it that's yeah. the, the one you know but to be able to just feel like you can just go and go I'm, I'm, I'm I don't actually yeah. know the best way yeah. where to put the camera on this one. Or, you know, you might, yeah. uh, and a lot of that would be done in pre-production yeah. but sometimes you get into set on the day and it's not working. The location is slightly yeah. different and you're kind of like, oh, this has changed and to be able to ask say, what would you do here, man, or what would you, you know. Yeah, and yeah. trust that he's not and going yeah, to yeah. do whatever he, he wants. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the
3: director relationship with the with the DOP is a lovely one, isn't mm. it? I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I had that with Eleanor Bowman. she, was really brilliant with me as a first time director because she was in pre production. She was kind of not letting me off the hook. She was really drawing out, you know, what do you want to great. do? She was sort of like yeah. almost saying uh, an embargo on saying anything. That's what it felt like. Yeah. She was great. like, no, just you yeah. just tell me what you want. And then it was really collaborative. But I felt like she was saying, trust yourself, you know. Nice. Um, so yeah. yeah, she's great. She's great.
0: Excellent. So um, I think We've covered everything that we could possibly cover for for something that's supposed to be relatively short. So thank you guys so much for uh, chatting with us. That was so interesting and so informative. Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks for having us in. Thanks,
3: guys. Nice to meet you you